This is Alan Condon with the Becker's AFC podcast, and I'm thrilled to be joined today by Brooke Day, Administrator at Silver Cross Surgery Center in New Lenox, Illinois. Brooke, uh, pleasure to have you on today. I'd, I'd love to hand the floor over to you to hear a little bit more about yourself, obviously your background, and of course your ASC as well. Sure. I've been in the ASC industry for 15 years. I grew up in, in uh, Michigan. I spent several years at a center doing pain management colonoscopies. I then moved to Nebraska. I spent nine years at another multi-specialty center and just recently relocated back to the area. So now I'm closer to my family in Michigan. Um, I am at Silver Cross Surgery Center, which is a multi-specialty center, and we're about 45 minutes out of Chicago. Well, thanks for laying that out for us today, Brooke, and delighted again to have you on. Um, obviously, a lot, a lot going on in the healthcare space at all times, but I'd love to hear from you. What are two of the three kind of most interesting or exciting trends that you're following in the healthcare space today? Sure. So I am watching some of these uh, de novo ASCs with total joints, spine. I think it'll be interesting to see if competing surgeons will be able to um, work well together in these ASCs. Uh, I'm also seeing a shift in low acuity cases moving to an office setting. So colonoscopies, cataracts, we've already seen this with pain injections. Um, so with this site of service shift, I think it will be um, in interesting to see how insurance has an impact on that as well. And as a multi-specialty center, I think we should be watching this trend very closely, especially if those types of procedures are your main source of income. Yeah, so certainly really interesting trends to kick off the conversation today. One thing I wanted to kind of pick your brains on a little bit as well is something we're obviously seeing across the healthcare space is kind of the challenges with, with staffing, right? Um, I mean, I would love to hear from you if you found anything particularly useful in terms of uh, recruiting or retaining kind of really top quality talent at your ASC. Yeah, so I think 15 years ago when I started, we were offering nurses no nights, no weekends, no holiday, no call, but I do see this changing. Physicians are recognizing they have to work longer hours in order to maintain their income and their, you know, minimal increases in reimbursement and significant increases in expenses. So I think it's, it's going to be normal for ASCs to offer evening and weekend hours, which will have an impact on our ability to recruit. I also think the uh, workforce is demanding a work-life balance that has to be recognized which is challenging because of the services we provide. Um, they require hands-on care. I, I have seen nurses requesting three to four day work weeks. Um, and, and as we all know, wages are higher than we've ever seen due to the traveling positions available. And I know we all re realize these traveling rates are not sustainable, but we do have to recognize how important they are at this moment. And if you want top talent, you're likely gonna have to pay top dollar. I think sustained success hinges on recognizing the importance of the culture within your organization 
and the value that all of these individuals bring. I think one of the things um, that's been helpful for me over the years is building those relationships within your team, mutual respect when your team has an appreciation for what everyone around them brings to the organization. And then lastly, I would say great leadership in key positions. So don't underestimate the value of your leadership positions in the OR, in PACU, in business office. They can often have more of an impact on your day-to-day culture than you know any administrator. Yeah, for sure. I think some, some excellent advice there for, for every ASC out there. Um, I would love to hear, you know, at Silver, Chris, Silver Cross Surgery Center, obviously a challenging, challenging few years, obviously, for, for ASCs, hospitals, et cetera, over the last, with the onset of the pandemic. But looking ahead, like the next two or three years or so, obviously, you mentioned a little bit at the top of the conversation about the movement of these low acuity service lines into the office setting. Um, how are you looking at growth, um, particularly with the, some of those higher acuity service lines, such as like orthopedics, spine surgery, et cetera? How do you see the movement of these cases playing out over the next three or five years or so? Sure. So a lot of the ortho groups that we work with um, have their own ASCs. So what motivates them to bring cases to our center, I, I, would, I would guess, is um, block time availability efficiency, location. We have a hospital partner uh, right across the street from us. And so I've looked at the physicians that are credentialed there and just trying to capture any of those cases or patients that would be in our area. A lot of their centers are, um, you know, within a reasonable distance, you know, 20 miles or so. But I think if we continue to view them as our customers and provide good service to them and their patients, they will continue to to utilize the center. A lot of the ASCs also allow uh, dual ownership. So most of them are investors in their own ASC and then have a small investment in our ASC as well, which that just continues to... um, bring in cases to the center. So I think ownership is a is a big piece of that as well. Thanks, yeah, for sure. Thanks for breaking that down, Brooke. Um, and looking ahead, next five years or so, what trends are you, are you keeping an eye on, whether it's in the world of body-based care, kind of the movement of some of these higher acuity cases? What, what, um, what are you particularly focused on in your market? Yeah, I think technology will continue to disrupt healthcare, um, at least how we have known it in the past. I think telemedicine could potentially direct patients through their insurance to specialty providers versus primary care physicians acting as the gatekeeper. I know for myself, I've utilized telemedicine through my insurance provider, which was offered at a discounted rate. And I was very happy with the service. I didn't miss work. I didn't have to sit in an office. I wasn't exposed to other illnesses in that office. And my outcome was exactly the same. I think if physicians right now underestimate the data that is being collected on them, it could harm them in the future. Um, Insurance companies are busy collecting information on the services they're providing as well as how they're spending those healthcare dollars. And I wouldn't 
Um, I wouldn't be surprised if insurance has had a much more active role in directing patients in the future. We see this already with prior authorization. Um, there are so many insurances out there that are requiring that now. Even take cataracts, for example. Aetna, with their authorization process, you have to put in the patient outcomes, their vision. And so I, I can see already what that information um, is providing to the insurances. And I, and I do think that that will have a huge impact on us moving forward. And again, the, site of, the, the shift in um, site of service, I, I think ASCs really need to be watching their physicians specifically. And, you know, if they're, they're adding surgical suites, be having those conversations and, and recognizing that there could be a shift in the in the very near future and and identifying other areas that you can grow your facility to make up for that loss in volume and in income. Thank you, Brock. And lastly, for any other administrators in the surgery center realm out there, what advice would you have for them in terms of looking to build and develop a great culture and sustain success? I think team building activities. So just recently we had an outdoor movie night. Um, I'm going to plan a baseball game this fall. And, you know, I think the, the lunches and uh, coffees and all those things are normal. Um, I think it's finding ways to do things that other organizations um can't. So, you know, at a hospital, it'd be very tough to pull off an outdoor movie night. It would be, um, I mean, just the space of it, right? But for a small, intimate surgery center, that was, it was a fun night. It was warm. It was perfect. Um, we did a, a food truck, just all those extra things that you can offer help build the morale when times get tough. The other thing that I try to do when I'm hiring is set expectations. So um, one of the things that I always say, you know, our schedule, the, o the only predictable thing about our schedule is that it's unpredictable. And going over, you know, how tough it is to get through Thanksgiving and Christmas, because times it, it's so busy. So just recognizing what they're going through and trying to meet their needs on an individual basis. Thank you so much, Brock. I think some great advice overall there. And before we before we let you go, um, anything else that we should be keeping an eye on? Anything you'd like to to add before we kind of wrap up the the conversation today? I think one of the other things about um, ASCs is that we've always tried to hire experienced nurses and. I read a statistic today, I don't know how accurate it is, but half the RN workforce is over the age of 50. And enrollment in education is not keeping up with the demand. Also nurse educators are not as available. We also are hearing about anesthesia shortages. So I just think it's important to be watching those trends and recognizing that you have to adapt to meet the current um, status uh, of the world right now. So I think if you stay stuck in the way you've always done things, 
you're not going to be as successful as if you're able to pivot and make the necessary changes to meet the demand that you have. Um, we at Silver Cross have been um, very fortunate. We do have experienced clinical team or an experienced clinical team. Um, but we will consider hiring newer or inexperienced nurses and training them if, if necessary. I think uh, a really great point to, to wrap up the conversation today. Uh, thank you so much uh, for joining us again, Brooke. We really appreciate your time. It's been a pleasure speaking with you and I look forward to continuing the conversation down the line. Thank you. Mm -hmm.